Empire. You have the content. Can you turn it into an engagement tool when you need it? There's no way you could say, hey, send everything back to our director of brand to approve or make sure it all goes through them as a layer of branding that then, you know, goes live. So really you need to give your social team, which is a new kind of type of content creator. That's Eric Stark, COO of Slate, a group streamlining the process for teams, leagues, and brands alike. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Eric Stark spent time in the digital media departments of NFL teams. He saw firsthand how the shift to fan engagement fell squarely in the lap of the teams and not the traditional media providers, but how they handle that glut of material that they curate. That's a whole other animal and one that Eric intends to solve. Our guest this week is Eric Stark. He's the current COO of Slate, which is a brand new mobile-first content creation platform that is gaining a lot of traction among the pro sports teams and organizations, so much so that they've got some investments from Town Tech and Wise Ventures, which are funded by the Vikings and the Packers and other teams in the Midwest. Hey, Eric, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, tell me a little bit about Slate. We'll get into the investment in a moment, but um, tell me a little bit about the platform and what you guys do. Yeah, so as I mentioned, we're a content creation platform, and you know we've been primarily focused on working with sports teams and leagues. And basically what we do is we allow any content creators who are creating on behalf of a brand for social media um, you know, your social media managers, your content specialists, even influencers who are creating um, on behalf of brands to be able to produce content in the way that, you know, works for today's platforms like Instagram, right? So they want, they want to produce on their phones and post on their phones. And really, you know, the key thing is being able to do so really, really quickly without having to trade media back and forth from a computer or open up professional design apps. Um, and we let them do that in a way that is totally kind of on brand and meets the, the brand guidelines of the brand that they're posting for. Um, so if you imagine, you know, kind of the workflow that you do when posting through Instagram stories natively, except Instagram is filled with, you know, a bunch of public fonts, public filters and graphics and assets for the masses to use. We take that experience and give it to content creators and fill it only with the assets that they want to use on behalf of that brand. So what was the problem that you saw that you guys were fixing? So the problem is twofold. Um, One, you know, it's that content is being created at a much faster rate than it was before. Um, And oftentimes that content is, you know, shot on a phone and, and posted from a phone. Um, But the tools that content creators are using are still outdated for the type of content that's being posted. So, you know, tools like Adobe Photoshop, which has been around forever to create, you know, posters and print materials and um, Adobe Premiere, which is used to edit movies. Those are great for editing and producing 
you know, really in-depth content, but for turning stuff around that's time sensitive and that's real time, which is where kind of social and really, you know, mobile phones with good cameras have taken the content space. Brands didn't have the tool to be able to turn that stuff around and still meet their brand guidelines. So, you know, as a social media manager for a sports team, I would have to choose either I post this piece of content and it goes totally unbranded, but I need to post it right now because mm. it's game day. Um, or I have to waste time by sending it back and forth to a computer, get another person involved, maybe a designer to be able to brand it appropriately. Um, and that kind of has a whole bunch of implications, right? It's not just we want our content to look cool. Um, it's being able to present your brand in the place where your fans, you know, are mainly experiencing it. And also being able to incorporate corporate partners and your marketing messages more broadly within your native social content. So I, this is going to come off as a very vague and stupid question, but I'll ask it anyway, because I think you know the answer <laughs> to it. Why does the speed matter at this point in time? Say again, why does the, the why does Why does the speed of the turnaround time matter at this point in time? Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, really, it's, it's kind of where content has, has gone again. It, and it's, it's been driven by how good of a camera everyone has in their pocket. And really the best thing and the most valuable thing brands and, and specifically sports teams have at their disposal is access, right? There's, you know, in a non COVID era, there are thousands of people in the stadium that all are shooting on their phone and posting in real time. Um, and, and the speed matters because you you need to be able to turn around content as it's happening for fans to consume it um, in the way that, you know, is engaging. So if I'm watching a game and, you know, the Packers score a touchdown and there's a Lambo leap, you know, the Packers social team is able to post that content as it's experienced from the field huh. right next to the player jumping into the stand by the time the next play has happened and the Vikings run back to kick off with a touchdown that content is outdated and, and so many things happen within our world <laughs> within 10 20 minutes that you know you, you have a short window with your content for it to be relevant and for it to gain traction um, and really be, be consumed by the most people possible which is which is always the goal. So is there like a, a, have you already come to a metric and valuation of if you do this in this period of time, it's worth that much more than if you wait the typical standard, whatever turnaround time it used to be to get the land down out to the masses. We don't have those numbers, but I think every social manager would agree that, you know, anecdotally speed is everything in terms of content performance. Um, but it's not just like this content will perform better. It's also, you know, there there's more content that needs to get posted and slowing down workflows for, you know, since industry was created, being able to be quicker and efficient with the job that someone is tasked to do is always going to be valuable, right? Like time is money and it's not just, hey, you need to get this content out quicker for it to perform better. It's this is the tool that's going to help you do the things that you're going to try to do anyway, which is post quality content, um, post it in a way that, you know, it is timely and in a way that that meets your brand standards. 
You know, it's interesting. I mean, I've worked in sports journalism for a very long time. I've worked for major outputs like ESPN and others, and their advantage to the team central um, content providers is just experience, uh, expertise, ability to turn things around. Um, what you seem to be offering here is that gap is being bridged significantly. I mean, was that a fair way to kind of to put it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, those third party publications will always have a leg up in, you know, an unbiased viewpoint and an opinionated viewpoint that really the team content creators aren't going to be um, aren't going to be kind of channeling in. Right. Because they in the end, they do work for the team and they work with the PR staffs of those teams. And it's less about you know, why things went wrong and more about let's bring the fans closer to the action than anyone else can. And really that is their biggest advantage, right? They're standing next to the players as they're running out of the tunnel. They're, you know, they're there not just for that window in practice where media is available, but for all of practice, you know, they're walking the hallways with the players on, um, you know, off days and, that that level of access combined with where social media has gone and continues to go, you know, more real time, more just showing what, you know, looking through someone else's phone as they're seeing it provides, you know, anyone with access kind of an opportunity to create really compelling content that's actually really affordable to create, right? It's not about big cameras and high quality video editing as much as it's about being in the right place at the right time and turning around that content for the platforms that, you know, people expect to see. So, you know, in that sense, it's, it's even more of a leg up in terms of, you know, the level of access, but I still think there's a place obviously for, you know, a, a journalistic source to have more of an opinion and more of a critique. Um, are, are you guys just solely in the sports world or, or are you putting your platform in other areas of entertainment as well? Yeah, so we've started in sports, you know, for a few reasons. One, I came from the NFL. I worked at the NFL before co-founding Slate. And that's part of why we created the tools because I was, you know, experiencing this problem that we're solving in my day-to-day -day work life. Um, so as you might imagine, like have a lot of connections and also the problem is really acute within sports because of how much content they're turning around yeah. and how much they care about branding. That said, we are, uh, we see a huge opportunity outside of sports as, and we see sports as always on kind of the bleeding edge and like innovative side of social media content. Uh, but we're starting to work with more, um, traditional consumer brands. We're working with some uh, media organizations and even some like beauty brands uh, and speaking to yeah kind of brands of all sort uh, so we're definitely focused on kind of the enterprise level content creator uh, but we see we see a huge opportunity outside of sports as well um, in a variety of different ways where you know brands are posting more content um, you know, without professional content creators, right? Social media managers everywhere are being tasked with keeping Instagram stories filled with content, no matter what brand you're representing. Yeah. You know, outside of COVID, more and more brands are trying to have live events, which is a great place to capture this sort of content. During COVID, brands are relying on influencers and users to generate content, which again is all produced 
kind of from a phone and hard to really manage how your brand looks um, in that in that way. So yeah, we see a, we see a big opportunity outside of sports. We've kind of started in sports and are are just starting to expand elsewhere. What was your role with the NFL? What did you do with them? I had multiple roles with the league and I worked for, for a club as well. So when I left the NFL, I was director of international marketing and content strategy. So I was working on growing the sport outside of the U.S. Um, with a heavy focus on kind of digital and social media as channels where we could kind of grow and engage new fans. Before that, I actually spent a few years at the San Francisco 49ers as on social media strategist. So really in the weeds of the type of customer there that, you know, we're working with now, um, working for the team, creating content every day for their website and social media. And my co-founder, Michael Horton, um, he was also at the 49ers with me at that time as a video producer. And um, so we, we kind of met and worked together there and both experienced almost two sides of, of the same problem. Mm. You know, I was posting content to social. He was capturing content on professional cameras. And I would ask him, hey, make sure when you edit this content and send it to us for social that it's under 30 seconds long, that it's, you know, four by five or square um, you know, kind of shifting how things get edited to actually meet the native standards for that platform. And, you know, it's only kind of risen since since our time there. And those those challenges have become more acute. Um, and I was actually at the NFL a year before. I, for one year before I went to the 49ers on the club digital and social side. So yeah. I've kind of been, been around the league in a lot of different areas um both the, the league and the team side yeah uh, and i think um and, and you'll know this intimately working with the team working with the league as well as you try to implement speed and expediency in all of this both the league and, and sports in general and the brands themselves have guidelines that they want for the content that gets put out there that's an interesting line to toggle when you're trying to turn something around fast and make sure that everybody's happy with what's being put out into the into the world right that's exactly right. And pre-social, you know, you you had steps in place, right? Like any graphic design that gets produced and it's going to be a billboard for your team or the season ticket box that you send out or even what's printed on the tickets or, you know, the shows you're editing for TV or, or the big boards, that all goes through kind of layers of approval um, and, and is it's highly produced, highly on brand, but also isn't, isn't as time sensitive. Now you add social on top of all those things. And really you're, you're putting it in the hands of social media managers and coordinators and they're turning around content again in real time. And right. there's, you know, there's no way you could say, Hey, send everything back to our director of brand to approve or make sure it all goes through them as a layer of branding that then you know goes live so really you need to give your social team which is a new kind of type of content creator right it's not the video producer or the graphic designer you need to give them the tools to to be on brand and to incorporate your partners uh, and to drive your marketing messages without yeah. slowing down their workflow or else you know you're going to be behind 
um, other outlets and really other teams that are that are doing it in real time. And we see this problem as only increasing and also the opportunity is increasing, right? Like there's so much content that you could turn around and post and control your brand on a day-to-day basis that, like I said before, is actually really cheap to produce. Um, it's just a matter of making sure you also incorporate kind of your brand elements. And, and what we've kind of been saying is, you know, Slate is a new type of content creation platform for the new type of, of content creator. Yeah. So this didn't this type of person who is generating this much content on behalf of a brand didn't exist, you know, five, seven years ago even. Um, and now really, you know, your fans main touch point with your brand is through is through these content creators who are who are working, you know, mostly on their phones. Uh, tell me a little bit about the partnership, Titletown Tech, which is, of course, connected to the Packers and Wise Ventures, which is connected to the Vikings and some other franchises as well. Um, how did that come about? Yeah, so, I mean, we were lucky enough to have started working with both the Packers and the Vikings um, before speaking to Titletown and Wise about um, an investment kind of partnership. So that obviously gave us, you know, a good leg up in proving out that there was a use case within the organizations that they have stakes in. Um, so really, you know, we launched Slate over just over a year ago um, in in the summer of 2019, late summer of 2019, and we started working with uh, NFL teams um, and some other sports teams. And really started to kind of gain and customers and revenue before we had raised any money. Um, so, you know, we then decided, you know, once we realized we were onto something and we're all ready to fully quit our jobs and commit to it, um, that we wanted to raise, raise some capital to help us grow quicker. And, um, you know, wise and Titletown were a natural fit because of their connections within the sports world and to customers we already had. And they kind of came in and, and co-led our, our seed round there and have both been, you know, more than just investors to us, like definitely strategic partners um, in helping us take the next step and, you know, really help us kind of see through and get through 2020, which, you know, as a company that just is getting started within sports right before the pandemic, you know, was, wasn't the easiest, um, but definitely happy to, happy to say and proud to say that we have been able to grow throughout this year, which in and of itself seems like like a feat, um, but definitely couldn't have done it without the support of, of those two. Certainly though, in your case, I mean, teams and leagues, they're trying to remain engaged. This is an extremely unusual year. Fans aren't going to the games, the NBA, I'm going to ask you about the NBA with the bubble in a moment. Cause you have an interesting connection to that, but you guys are in a position where if you can help teams stay engaged, that seems to be a, of paramount importance right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's two-sided for us, to be honest. I, I definitely think social is more important than ever. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, there's more pressure on the social media teams to be producing more content and to be integrating more sponsors, too, into that content because of that in-stadium inventory that's lost. Now, that's all when games are happening. Uh, when games aren't happening, it kind of shuts, shuts the whole thing down in that, you know, there's really not 
not a ton of access or content that you can produce. It becomes recycling old clips and, and kind of that whole game. Um, so when sports are happening, like when there actually is a product, it's definitely, um, you know, a huge use to have, to have slate and to be able to really do more with a leaner team as well. Um, cause it is for a lot of teams like having kind of an extra person on staff to be able to help them do what they need to do. Um, and, you know, sports has proven that it's going to find a way to play, to play through it, um, which, which is obviously a benefit to anyone kind of tied, tied to the game like we are. Um, so, you know, April was definitely, you know, not the easiest month for us, no. but with stuff starting to come back, um, you know, we've definitely found the tool to be extremely useful to teams in the bubble or, or in stadiums without fans. Yeah. I, well, April was not the easiest month for anybody anywhere ever. So that was, <laughs> that, was that was April. Um, unless, me, unless you're Peloton. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Peloton, Peloton, Amazon, you're killing it. Um, <laughs> um, all right. Last thing is you brought up the bubble and I wanted to ask you about it because I believe you were working with the Milwaukee Bucks a little bit. So this was what a really interesting experience that we had a playoff that took place in that enclosed environment just ended at the time of this taping um do you have anything to share about the environment of working with the bucks a little bit in what was a really unusual time for sports content yeah yeah we worked with the bucks who who used play to kind of cover uh, cover their social content in, in the bubble as well as a few other teams across the nba who we were working with so we actually had a pretty good NBA playoff representation in the bubble. A lot of a lot of NBA playoff teams were using Slate to create their content, and really, you know, teams went into the bubble not knowing what it would be like, just like everyone else, and they didn't know the level of access they would have. They didn't know where their content would come from, um, and, and really, you know, they didn't know kind of where tools like Slate would fit in because they just didn't know at all what things were going to be like and. You know, it turns out that the platform became super useful for teams like the Bucks in being able to cover all of the content opportunities that did arise in the bubble. I mean, we had the Bucks going golfing with their players and capturing that and turning it around. You know, every piece of kind of behind the scenes um, moments in the hotel and throughout practice and you know, actually, it turned out that they were probably getting more content to turn around in the bubble than they would have elsewhere because everyone was in one place in terms of the players and every inch of that was getting covered um, from the games to the practice to, you know, walking around the facilities to even the guys going fishing in Orlando or going golfing. Um, so, you know, as a tool, we really came in, in handy about, you know, letting them kind of cover things on the fly and do so in a way that's branded and the bucks creatively are one of one of the best teams in terms of design and branding and they've always cared about every single piece of, of content that they post and making it look you know extremely pleasing pleasing and matching up with you know kind of a, a brand standard that they've really set i think in the last three or four years as they've become one of the dominant teams. It's really interesting. Eric Stark is the COO and co-founder of Slate. Thank you so much for joining us, Eric. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was fun. 
on the next Future Sport podcast. Sailing is going next level. That even the director of such a live broadcast didn't really have an idea uh, of who was leading at a given time huh. because the leaderboard is being assembled unlike you know you can take split times at the turning marks kind of like the split times you would have in skiing and other sports but the interesting stuff is happening in between those mark roundings that's marcus bauer former olympic sailor and entrepreneur who is helping innovate software and broadcast solutions for the sport he loves this is the future sport podcast i'm bram weinstein the Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.